Welcome back to Encouraging Words to Give You Hope. I'm your host, Hope, the author and founder of Meditate Hope, with the mission of encouraging people to meditate on the hope of Jesus, because when you do, it changes everything. Are you currently struggling with discontentment? Maybe you're struggling with it, and you may not even realize it. I know I have been there. We have all hit that point at one time or another. We are discontent in some area of our lives, whether that be in our finances, relationships, or material things. As we head into this Thanksgiving week, let us remember something that goes hand in hand with Thanksgiving, contentment. To the Christian currently struggling with discontentment, this week's devotional and pox episode is for you. We'll be discussing what contentment is all about, what God's word has to say about it, Paul's secret to contentment, practical ways to get out of discontentment, and more. First, let's get into the heart of what contentment really looks like. When preparing for today's devotional and podcast episode, I came across writer and Puritan preacher of the 1600s, Jeremiah Burroughs' definition of contentment. He said the following, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Nowadays, discontentment is all around us, and it's something we have all struggled with at one time or another. What are some areas of discontentment in our everyday lives? One area of discontentment can be in our relationships. We can look at other people having that group of friends, and over time, without realizing it, we start to envy what they have. Another common area of discontentment that the Bible talks about many times is in money and finances. We can be jealous that the person next to us has more than us in money or material things. We can also be discontent in how we look, wanting to look how he or she looks, and we start to become discontent in how God beautifully created each and every one of us. In all these areas of discontentment, there is one main thing the world tells us on a daily basis. More, more, and more. Our world is always wanting more looking for the next great thing, the best of the best, what's trending. We see it, we need it, we want it. What is an area of discontentment you may be currently struggling with that you need to confess and bring before the Lord? When we stay in an attitude of discontentment and not an attitude of gratitude and contentment, discontentment can become the root of so many other issues. Discontentment can lead to comparison, envy, jealousy and pride it says in james 3 verse 14 through 16 but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder in every evil practice Despite the world we live in that screams discontentment, here's what the Bible says about contentment. It's not just a suggestion or a quote-unquote good deed to do, but it is a command from God. Therefore, we as Christians should strive to be content because it is a command from God. It says in Hebrews 13 verse 5, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 
God always wants the best for us, just like a father wants the best for his son or daughter. God knows that choosing to follow his command of being content will lead to a blessed life because following his commands does lead to a blessed life. God knows what terrible destruction the enemy can cause if discontentment takes root in our lives. Paul writes in his letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 through 10, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Also, the psalmist writes in Psalm 37 verse 16, It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. What Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 through 10 is so true because the world's definition of a great gain is the more we have, the better we are. The more money we have, the more successful we will be. The bigger, the better. The list can go on and on. But a great gain in the Lord's eyes is godliness, following God's commands and walking in his ways with contentment. It's also a massive truth that when God created us, we brought nothing in this world with us, and the same will be when we die. We can bring none of our earthly possessions and riches to heaven. We can be content even in the simple necessities God has provided for us every day. One thing God has taught me about contentment is that when we are content, it's also an act of trusting God. When we are content, we are trusting that God will provide every need in His timing, even if we may not see it yet. We are trusting that the best is yet to come, that He has blessed us abundantly, and will continue to bless us. But even in the waiting seasons where we can get impatient, if we choose to be content in the midst of it, we are choosing to trust in the Lord and be content with the blessings He has already placed in front of us. Godly contentment is an act of faith, trusting that God, no matter what the circumstance, will provide every need. Now that we have delved into the definition of contentment and what the world says about discontentment versus what the Bible says about contentment, let's take a closer look at how we can be content in our everyday lives no matter what the season of life. But before we get into the three practical ways we can be content in our everyday lives, I want us to take a closer look into the life of Paul. Apostle Paul is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, from his testimony of being saved to the ways he courageously served the Lord, to him trusting in the Lord amid his challenging circumstances. Paul faced so many trials during his ministry, but he still chose to be content no matter what life threw at him. In the second half of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul describes his many trials. He says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 26 through 31, I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, 
who is worthy of eternal praise, knows I am not lying. Paul faced many trials that none of us may never face in our own lifetime, but in the midst of the circumstances you may face, are you content in the Lord? Paul later writes to the Philippians and gives them the secret of living and how to be content. In Philippians 4 verse 12 through 13, he says, I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In these verses, Paul is talking about being content. He rejoices in the Philippians being there for him amid his circumstance being in prison. Paul tells them that he has learned to be content, meaning it was a growing process in God slowly mending his heart to be content in whatever life may throw at him. He says that he has experienced both ways, being in deep need and having plenty. He has learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, which he shares with us in verse 13 saying, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Verse 13 is one of those verses that is very familiar to a lot of us, but can be easily taken out of context. Paul is not referring to being a quote-unquote super Christian, but refers to his ability to be content in all circumstances of life because of the strength Christ gives him. The same goes for you and me today. We can have joy, peace, and contentment in the midst of what life may throw at us. Whether life throws at us a hard test, a temptation, financial problems, or hard news from a doctor, we can put our confidence in the Lord and not in our flesh, believing that Jesus is enough and He will provide all our needs. It is only through Christ that we can find joy, peace, and contentment. Now let's discuss three practical actions we can take to be content in our everyday lives. Number one, don't compare and count your blessings. Do you often compare yourself to others? So often it can be so easy for us to compare our season of life with someone else's, which can lead us to envy what they have and focus on all the things we don't have instead of what God has placed right in front of us. The root of comparison is discontentment. It doesn't mean that another person's season or circumstances are better than yours. It simply just looks different. And we should all look at that as a gift because every season the Lord puts us through has purpose. Instead of comparing what we have to what others have and focusing on what we don't have, let us count the blessings that God has given us. Psalm 100 is the familiar psalm of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Follow along in your Bible as I read it aloud. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. May the message of the good news overflow in our hearts as we reflect on the Lord's loving kindness, grace, and new mercies each day, as it says in Colossians 3, verse 16 through 17. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. 
sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Number two, pray. The number one goal of the enemy is to make us do the opposite of what God's word says. He wants us to be discontent because he knows the destruction it can lead to. Because of this, our number one weapon against the enemy is prayer and being on guard by putting on the armor of God daily. Take some time today to do a heart check and see if your heart is being consumed or has been consumed with discontentment. Whenever you catch yourself being discontent or comparing yourself to others or jealousy stirring up in your heart, choose to pray and bring it before the Lord. Tell him how you are feeling and ask him to give you strength in a heart of contentment and gratitude. As it says in Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then trust that he has provided every need and will continue to be Jehovah Jireh as it says in Philippians 4 verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And number three, remember that only Jesus satisfies. Do you believe that Jesus is the only one who can bring true satisfaction? Even if you could have all the money in the world or look perfect on the outside or have the latest and greatest of material things, nothing will ever satisfy the God-sized hole in our hearts that only He can fill. In Ecclesiastes, the writer Solomon, searching for the meaning and purpose of life, writes in Ecclesiastes 6 verse 9, Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. What Solomon writes here can seem a little harsh because it feels good to have nice things. Don't you agree? But Solomon thinks deep in the book of Ecclesiastes into what the true meaning of life is and all the meaningless of this world. He looks into the bigger picture and reminds us that in the end, only Jesus satisfies. So therefore, we should be content with what God has given us so that we can have that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame spirit. Now that we have discussed what contentment is, a bit about Paul's story and his godly example of contentment and practical ways to be content in our everyday lives, let's get into what the Bible says are blessings of contentment. As we talked about earlier, to be content is a command from God and in his word, God promises to those who obey his commands a blessed life. As Moses said to the Israelites before they entered the promised land in Deuteronomy 11, verse 26 through 28, Look, today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods you have not known before. Jesus is the only way to an abundant life here on earth. We can do all we can in our own strength and power to get out of discontentment by getting more money or material things, but all that will lead to is a path of destruction. Nothing will ever satisfy us like Jesus does. Like we talked about last week into the Christians struggling in their prayer life, apart from God, we can do nothing. 
We can do all we can to be quote unquote prosperous, but apart from the vine, we will never truly have a blessed and prosperous life apart from Him. Apart from Him, we will only get into a constant cycle of discontentment, comparison, and envy, which can be the root cause of so many other sinful acts and issues, which is the exact desire of the enemy upon our lives. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find a pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus also says in Matthew 7, verse 13 through 14, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. We are surrounded by a world that says more, more, more. Society tells us to get more and more of something to be satisfied. It's all around us, every day. It can be tough to be set apart and choose contentment when we are surrounded by loud voices that scream the opposite of the ways of the Lord. The narrow gate that leads to life and life abundantly is not one many find, but we do have a choice. We can choose to be discontent, maybe without even knowing it, in our relationships, money, and material things. Or we can choose to be content and walk in the ways of the Lord no matter what life brings and know that godly contentment is only through Him. May we learn to be content in every season like Paul did and choose contentment even if it may not be the Thanksgiving season because discontentment is something that can sneak up on us any time of the year. May we choose not to compare ourselves to others but focus on the blessings God has placed right before our eyes. When discontentment arises, may we choose to bring it before the Lord, not in shame, but in a surrendered and teachable heart. And may we remember that the only way out of discontentment is Jesus Christ, the true vine, our Lord and Savior, and our great provider. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. I hope it encouraged you and brought you closer to God. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And also don't forget to leave a rating and review for this podcast on the Apple Podcast app. If you are listening on a different platform other than Apple Podcasts, there's a link in today's show notes that will take you directly there. I'd love to hear in a review how God has touched you through this podcast. Leaving a rating review not only encourages me, but it helps the podcast reach more people. And for a little bonus for sticking to the very end of this podcast episode, if you're looking for some Thanksgiving worship music for this Thanksgiving week, there's a Spotify playlist in today's show notes that I made full of different worship songs all about giving thanks and praise to the Lord. For Christian encouragement throughout your week, you can follow at Meditate Hope on Instagram. And for all the weekly devotionals, Christian resources, and freebies, that is on Meditate Hope's official website, meditatehope.webly.com. And all of these links are in today's show notes. Thanks for listening.